four, three, two, one. Let's go. Diary of a Kitty Warrior, sharing faith, knowledge, hope, and love. Hi, and welcome to Diary of a Kidney Warrior podcast. My name is Dee Moore, and I am a stage four kidney warrior. This podcast is dedicated to encourage, educate, and inspire as we explore all aspects of kidney disease, chronic illnesses, and health. If you have any questions or ideas for topics you would like me to cover, please do get in contact with me on social media using the handle Diary of a Kidney Warrior. In today's episode, we are talking about deceased organ donation. Joining me today is my guest, Lucy Dames, who is a specialist nurse in organ donation and currently working in London, England. We address common fears, debunk myths, discuss the importance of telling your loved ones your decision, and discuss the change in law regarding organ donation in the UK. Hi and welcome to Diary of a Kidney Warrior podcast. How are you doing today, Lucy? I'm good, thank you, Dee. Thank you for inviting me. It's wonderful to have you and I'm sure the listeners are going to learn so much from you today. Um, I'm aware that there's different, um, or should I say two categories, am I right in thinking, of organ donation, um, living donation and deceased donation. Yep, that's right. So I I work predominantly with deceased donations. So I look after patients at the end of their life who go on and donate organs. And there's equivalent nurses who specialise in living donations. So they look after people who have wanted to donate in life. So when I think of, I must admit, when I think of donation, I kind of picture the the scene that you would see in a medical drama like ER or... Um, Grey's Anatomy, mm-hmm. where somebody's mm-hmm. had like a serious accident and their medical team um, meet with the family and ask them. Um, that's my kind of picture of you mm-hmm. know, the kind of organ donate. How it works. Yeah. Organ donors, you know, is that the kind of kind of thing I'm, I'm picturing? Um, so, well, I think the, the thing about Grey's Anatomy is the surgeons do everything in that that show, so which is quite impressive in itself. But, um, but in terms of deceased organ donation, certainly in the UK, um, patients that uh, come to us are patients who have had either very serious accidents or um, very serious brain hemorrhages, things like that, um, and they are on a ventilator. So they are patients who the medical team have done everything they can to try and save their lives, and then it's become evident that that's not going to be able to be possible. And unfortunately, these patients are now at the end of their life. And that is when we would then be told um, that, there is a patient who may be a possible donor and it's only then that we would check whether someone is actually registered um, to be a donor whether they've made any decision to be a donor or not to be a donor so when you first come into the hospital through the emergency department the staff that are caring for you have no idea their priority is to save your life Um, and it's only when that's not possible 
um, and it's very evident that you're at the end of your life and you're on a ventilator that you would be referred to someone like me. Okay, that's interesting because I think that there might be some fear, I guess, for people who are reluctant to Mm. um, sign up to be a donor because they think, well, they're going to let me die or they're not going to fight for me if I'm carrying this card, then they're going to just, oh, oh dear, so-and-so, yeah, ship them off to be um, an organ donor. So it's interesting that you said that the medical team don't even know that you're an organ donor until it gets to that point. Mm, Absolutely. I think, I mean, I've heard that myself. I've heard people say that there's a genuine fear that actually you will be allowed to die if you are, uh, if you want to be a donor, because therefore, you know, you you've kind of the doctors will give up on you because they want your organs and that's absolutely not the case it's it's very much the opposite really and as I say the 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 medical team the nursing team in those environments in the in the emergency department in the critical care they don't have access to the organ donor register it's only specialist nurses in organ donation in England and in the UK that have that access and are able to get that information and we don't know about these patients until they're at end of life so that's a very that's a very understandable fear but it's actually you know it's it's not something that people need to worry about okay and so I understand that um the law has changed around organ donation and um Mm -hmm. I've had people say to me, oh, does that mean that everybody's a donor and you have to opt out of donation? Like, how does this new law affect everyone? So in the UK, there's a few different laws um, because of the different countries of the UK. So in Wales and in England, we have a system of opt out. Um, So in England, that system came into place in in May of this year, May 2020. And what that means in that system is that it works on the understanding that all adults have agreed to be organ donors in the event of their death unless they've registered a decision not to be a donor. Um, And there are certain exclusions to that. So as I say, it has to be an adult. So that in the UK, in England means someone over the age of 18. And it has to be people who have um, mental capacity. So it can't, it doesn't apply to anyone that has a lack of mental capacity, isn't able to understand the system, isn't able to, to make arrangements if they wanted to opt out, they don't understand how to do that. Um, it doesn't apply to anyone that doesn't live in this country voluntarily. So, for example, if someone was posted here because of the military, um, it wouldn't apply to them um, and lots of other lots of other groups. Um, they they have to have been living in England for a year or more um, and a continuous period of a year or more. Um, So there are safeguards in place um, and they have to be um, people who are ordinarily resident and they have to die in that country as well. So it wouldn't be the case that if you were Scottish and you lived in Scotland and then you crossed the border into England and then unfortunately had an accident and died, the law of England wouldn't apply to you uh, because you don't live in this country. 
Does that make sense? Yes. So there, there are several safeguards for this system. But ultimately, the most important thing to state is really that everyone still has a decision and has a choice in the matter of whether they want to be a donor or not. The reason that the law was changed was to, to try and increase the number of people who could become donors. So we know that, as we've already said, you know, there are lots of reasons why people may not choose to register to be a donor, whether that's fear whether that's uh, a, a sort of jinx effect that they think that if they, you know, they register to be a donor, they're going to get hit by a bus tomorrow. There's lots of reasons. But we know that if we were to say walk down the street and, and survey 10 people, eight out of those 10 people would say they absolutely support organ donation, but perhaps only three of them would be registered donors. And it's that kind of middle ground of people that this system hopes to kind of in, increase the consent rate for. Um, so, you know, ultimately it's about saving more lives. Absolutely. So in terms of, um, are there any other kind of exclusions? If, if you have say a certain medical condition, would you be excluded from being a donor as well? So I think each, each patient who become, who, who, who gets referred as a potential organ donor is assessed on a case by case basis. So there are some conditions currently that would, um, stop you completely from being an organ donor but they're very limited and they're constantly changing because of the advances in medical treatments um so for example you know several years ago patients who were hiv positive couldn't become organ donors and that's not necessarily the case anymore because we know that there are patients on the transplant waiting list who are hiv positive and we know that people live many long years perfectly healthy on medication with HIV so things evolve and things change so I think what I would say is that if you're worried about whether your own medical condition would preclude you from being an organ donor don't because that's for us to worry about if you were to be a potential donor so there are certain cancers as well where you could still become a donor. So I think I've heard people say, oh, I couldn't be an organ donor because I have diabetes or I couldn't be an organ donor because I have high blood pressure or I like to have a drink. That's really not the case at all. Um, there's very, very few conditions that would stop you. And what organs can be donated? Um, so you can you can donate most of your organs, actually. So you can donate your heart. You can donate your lungs. You can um, donate your liver. And in some cases, the liver can be split. So it could be used for two people. It could be used for an adult and a child. You can donate, obviously, both of your kidneys. You can donate your pancreas. You can donate your small bowel. Um, and in some cases, additional tissue around the bowel to help people who need bowel transplants. And then you can donate tissues in addition to organs. So you can donate your eyes, you can donate skin, you can donate bone, tendons, meniscus, lots and lots of things. Um, and you're able to help a lot of people. Um, so it, it, it really is a very special and unique thing to be able to do um, because you can absolutely save so many people's lives and improve so many people's lives through donation so one person could save say how many people 
So with solid organ donation, we would say about up to nine people could have their lives saved through organ donation, through solid organ donation. And with tissue donation, you could improve the lives of up to 50 different people. Wow. So it's it's absolutely incredible. It really is. That's really amazing. 50. So, wow. So both yeah. potentially 59 people that you could help with that gift. That's, yeah. That is amazing. Are there any? Other, it is, it's quite a legacy. <laughs> are there any other <laughs> myths that you would like to debunk about organ donation? Um, I think one of the common myths that comes up is people think that organ donation is against their religion. Um, And we work with faith leaders from all of the major religions in the UK. Um, And during the consultation period for the law change, the major faith leaders were all consulted about the law change um, in order that they could go back to their, their, um, you know, groups and confidently be reassured that they have been all of their concerns have been addressed and with organ donation we know that there is no major religion that is opposed to organ donation all religions believe that saving a life is a good thing to do Um, but it comes down to kind of individuals own beliefs around what how they interpret their faith but we we have a system now where if in England if someone dies and they want their faith to be represented at the end of their life which it always is anyway we always when we meet with donor families speak to their loved ones about what faith they may have had or beliefs that they may have had so that we can make sure that we address those needs at the end of their life but there is the option now to register what's called a faith declaration on the organ donor register and what that says is that your faith is important to you and that we must adhere to your faith in accordance with what is needed at end of life as well as organ donation so we we have the ability to make sure that we get get it absolutely right for everyone so what kind of thing would that include so, for example, um, there are certain faiths where they they want a burial to happen quite quickly at the at the end of life, and some some people believe that they must be buried within twenty four hours. Um, it's 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 more of a guide than a than a finite time frame but absolutely if the families of our patients are concerned and want a quick burial then we will work around those time constraints so organ donation takes a little bit of time to set up because we have to coordinate uh, getting all of the transplant patients ready for their transplants um, and they may not be in their transplant hospitals they may be at home and have to travel to those hospitals so the logistics around organ donation is actually quite immense um, and it's not something that takes days but it can take several hours um, and obviously if a family are concerned about burial time frames then it might be that we we limit the number of organs that a patient donates in order to expedite the process so when when families consent to organ donation, when when the consent form is being completed, they can specify what organs they're comfortable with their loved one donating. So even if someone has said they're happy to donate everything, 
the family can can be more specific and pick and choose and we will talk around that okay so even though you're on the national register and mm-hmm. ultimately deemed and if you haven't opted opted out you've opted in mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the family can can the family s- still go against that and say they don't want you to be a donor at all yeah so ultimately we always speak to the next of kin of patients who are going or have the potential to become organ donors and there's lots of reasons for that so the process of organ donation is fully explained to patients uh, families at the end of their life if they are have the potential to be a donor and for for some families they don't wish to proceed for whatever reason but we will sit down and we will spend time with them or we will try and ascertain what their concerns might be or why they don't want donation to go ahead especially in a situation where we know that that's what the patient wanted to have happen so you know if a patient has registered a decision to donate so they've opted in or they haven't opted out so we're leaning to towards the sort of side of them wanting to be a donor um we spend time with the family and we will address all of their concerns about the donation process that they may have, if any. Um, and ultimately, if a family still does not want to go ahead with donation, then we won't go ahead because it has to be the right decision for them. Um, so we always say, if you know you want to be a donor or you don't have an objection, then talk to your family about it because ultimately your family have the final say. Right. So rewinding slightly in what you said, so is there an mm-hmm. opt- Is there like an ad- additional form that you can... So there's an assumption that everyone's a donor, but is there mm. like an additional form that you can fill in to say, I really do want to be a donor? Yeah, so the the registration system in in England um, and in the wider UK has the facility for everyone to register a known decision to donate. So to say that they definitely want to be a donor and actually to specify then whether they have any restrictions they wish to place on that. So whether they want to say they want to be a donor, but they don't want to donate their heart for example or they don't want to donate their tissues um so if you visit the organ donation website in in england that's organdonation.nhs.uk you can see those options available to you the first page that you hit is register to be a donor or opt out of donation and when you register to be a donor you then, as I say, can can specify what you're comfortable with donating. But even if you have registered to be a donor and you've you've made that decision and you've registered it um, and you've you carry a donor card, ultimately your family can still overturn that decision, which is why it's really important to talk talk about it with your family so that they absolutely know. So we do meet with families sometimes who have had absolutely no idea that someone has done that. Someone has registered to be a donor and they've never told their family. And for some some family, they find that very hard because they feel that 
their loved one told them everything and they can't believe that they haven't told them something which is actually so important and therefore they then question that um and ultimately if they're if they're personally uncomfortable with the idea of donation it might be that they they can't see through that because they've never had that conversation and then they 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 then decline yeah and then they say no and then that's that's doubly sad because the patient's decision hasn't been honored and that family may then regret that they may they may you know weeks and months down the line when they're sort of through the acute stage of their grief may reflect on that situation and and think that actually they've made a mistake and they should have should have gone ahead with what their loved one wanted and actually potentially other people have had to die unnecessarily right so it really is a case of you know making that decision and once you've made that decision talking to your family discussing it with them and saying you know if the if the worst does happen this is re- uh, mm-hmm. this is what i really want to do and i need you to understand this decision and respect it so absolutely i couldn't put it better myself exactly and i think you know especially we're sort of coming towards christmas time uh, families are spending more time together obviously we're currently in lockdown so families are together at home you know there's never there's never a great time to have conversations about end of life but actually it's far better to have had the conversation now than for your family to be in a really difficult decision when they're struggling anyway because of of acute grief and I think the other thing that's really important to say is that you're far more likely to ever be in a position where you need a transplant than to die in a situation where you could become an organ donor. There's very, very few people, it's about a one in a hundred, if that, that die in a situation where they could even become an organ donor. And of those, they may still not be suitable. So it's very, very small numbers that that are actually eligible to become organ donors in the first place, which is why every patient who has the potential to be an organ donor is absolutely precious. Do does anyone ever put it in their will that they want to be an organ donor? And if they put it in their will, does that make it absolute law and therefore can't be overturned by anyone else? So people do put donation in their will, and I and I've I've heard of examples where I don't have a will myself, which is quite shocking, I suppose. Really, working in my field of work. But I, 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 you know, I've I've got loved ones who, and I probably need to rectify that quite quickly. But um, I, you know, I've had I've had relatives who've said to me, you know, they they went to draw up their will and they were asked about organ donation, which is it's interesting that that um, that's happening. But you know, obviously, part of part and parcel of writing a will is is making those decisions and talking about you know your funeral arrangements and so. I suppose it does go hand in hand with organ donation, but the problem with putting it in your will and not doing anything else about it is that your will is often read quite a long time after you've died. Um, and organ donation, obviously, is very time critical. So we, ha- I have had the situation where I've had people contact me and say, oh, you know, my mum's just died and I've just read her will and she wanted to be an organ donor. And I, I said, oh, OK, when did she die? Or she died two weeks ago it's too late unfortunately um 
it's too late. So it is really, really important that those decisions are made in life and those decisions are shared. So what is the time scale like that the organs have to be? Is it harvested? Is that the word? Uh, harvested is very antiquated. So we say retrieved. Retrieved. Because... Uh, I think the word harvest makes most of most medical professionals quite uncomfortable because we talk about harvesting crops and obviously organs are precious. So we say retrieved. So organ retrieval has to happen very soon after someone has died. So that's why patients who are eligible, eligible, excuse me, to become organ donors are patients who usually have died on a ventilator, on a breathing machine, and they've had oxygen pumping around their body up until the point where their heart stops um and within a matter of minutes after someone's heart has stopped organs have to be retrieved and that's because as soon as a patient is dying and they don't have oxygen going around their body those organs are dying as well and those organs become unusable so for example if a patient was to donate their heart The minute that heart is taken out of the donor's body, it has to be transplanted within about four hours. And if it's gone on ice and it's taken to a transplant centre, it has to be transplanted within four hours. And other organs, you know, have different sort of timeframes. The kidneys are very resilient, so they last a bit longer, but we're still talking hours, not days. So, um, So the kind of classic, probably a lot of your listeners probably think the classic sort of organ donor is a young man who's kind of totaled his motorbike and he's died at the side of the road they wouldn't be able to be organ donors because they they've you know they've been dead cold and dead for too long they could donate tissue so they could donate tissue like eyes skin heart tissue um because the time frames involved in that are a little bit longer but it's not weeks it's still only a matter of of hours and days um but it's a very short time frame right so yes definitely need to sit down with your family your loved ones friends whoever Mm. it is that um your next of kin is and have that discussion it death is a very difficult thing to to talk about but ultimately, at one point in time, we were all going to see death. So yeah. we need to be having these conversations and, and make sure that we make it clear what we want and make sure that our family will respect it. Because, wow, if wow, up to 59 people can be saved by one person, that's 59 people's lives that are completely transformed. Yeah, and I think, you know, people people sort of say, oh, well they wouldn't want my organs or they wouldn't they wouldn't want my tissues and you know they're relatively young people we 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 consider patients able to donate up until their mid-80s you know we're not talking about just young young people and and the majority of organ donors are patients around their sort of 60s you know it's it's not it's not the kind of very young person obviously they do still become donors but I've, I've heard it said so many times oh I'm far too old or uh, you know I like I like to have a beer or and it's just really not the case so in, in terms of donation itself mm. does the person 
have to be the same racial background to the same ethnicity of the person being transplanted to? So they don't have to be, no. Um, They don't even have to be the same sex and they don't have to be the same age. But the chances of them being a good match are much better, much stronger if they are the same ethnicity. Um, And that's because genetically your makeup is is more similar for for people in the same ethnic group as you. Um, So it does matter. Um, It does matter what ethnicity our donors are. Um, And we do know that certainly in the UK, our black and Asian and minority ethnic patients will wait longer for a transplant because of the fact that there are fewer donors from that population, unfortunately. So they they will have a longer wait than a white patient waiting for a transplant. And that is purely on the fact that their tissue typing is, is not a stronger match. So why do you think that black and Asian people are not coming forward to be donors? Um, I think that's quite a complex question, to be honest. Obviously, I'm, I'm white, I'm white British, and, and I've been on a registered donor for a long time. And, and I, you know, I'm, I'm Christian, and I believe that it's the right thing to do. I think, as I've said before, there are certain people who perhaps uh, believe that their religion is a reason why they can't become a donor. Um, And it might be that culturally um, donation has a a fear factor around it or a lack of trust. We've already talked about the lack of trust um, and and that can come up quite regularly. Um, I think that, you know, many of the families that I've met have just not thought it was a possibility or perhaps funeral arrangements if they were if uh if sort of other members of the family live in other countries and they want that patient who's died his body to go back home and they're concerned about sort of what family in their own country will think about that um it, it all of that all of those factors can compound that decision and how do we do you think that we can move forward in terms of I mean, obviously today we're having this discussion and this is raising mm. awareness for people of all communities. Mm. What more do you think can be done to raise awareness within these communities to encourage people to come forward and to and to basically, um, what's the word I'm looking for? To address their concerns really and to reassure people that it is okay. I think it's really important that people people share their decision as I say I think I think word of mouth is really powerful and actually you know especially with social media people uh, people putting out their own decision and encouraging you know their their family and their friends to do likewise because affected um you know I I think there are probably many of your listeners who know people who are waiting for a transplant or have risk factors that might lead to them needing a transplant in the future. So they might have diabetes or they might have high blood pressure or they might have conditions where they're more likely to have uh, issues that could lead to organ failure. And I think that, you know, it's really important that we, we are 
open and honest and we have these conversations and I think the other thing is that people need to do their research um so if if they have concerns about organ donation then there's information out there um the the NHS organ donation website has a huge amount of information facts figures it's got lots of real life stories as well um so it's got lots of um real life stories from patients who have uh who are families of donors from all ethnicities um and i think that's really powerful that's really powerful because as i say i can i can sit here and i can say that you know everyone should be an organ donor absolutely it's the right thing to do but i don't represent all of your listeners and i think that's what's really important is that people who who believe in organ donation and understand organ donation need to share that information and and talk about it and be open and honest so you mentioned about case studies that so are those on the website yeah so there's there's a youtube channel as well as an nhs organ donor youtube channel lots and lots of different videos so there's videos of uh donor families there's videos of transplant patients there's videos of healthcare professionals that work within transplantation or who work within hospitals that have come into contact with organ donation through whatever field that they work in and they've talked they just talk about their experience and it's all about demystifying it um and and providing the facts fantastic is there anything final that you'd like to let our listeners know um i i think as i say i just i can't emphasize enough the importance to to talk about it i think as i've said you know we all know we're going to die that's an inevitability and actually many of us don't even know whether our relatives want to be buried or cremated so you know we can't expect to know their organ donation decision unless we talk about it and it is really important because it could save a life and I think you have to think about if you were in a situation where you were dying or your loved one was dying and somebody's organ could save them you'd absolutely want to take that organ I believe and if you do feel that way then you should be willing to give an organ as well thank you and what are the the website address and the the details yep so the website is www.organdonation that's all one word organdonation.nhs.uk and what's the youtube channel it's just nhs organ donation and there's also social media there's an nhs organ donor website uh, a facebook page and a twitter feed there's lots of information out there thank you very much thank you so you're very much. welcome <laughs> thank you thank you <laughs> thank you for listening to diary of a kidney warrior podcast and don't forget that you can contact me on social media using the handle diary of a kidney warrior please do subscribe to the podcast And please do tell a friend. New episodes of this podcast are released every Monday. Until next time, take care and choose to live. Diary of a Kitty Warrior. Sharing faith, knowledge, hope and love.